0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross at FightfulSelect.com. This is our Backstage Report podcast. I'm making this a free preview edition. You get this audio show every week over at FightfulSelect.com. In addition to breaking exclusive news, we have Raw and SmackDown reviews from Alex Palowski, the Sour Graps editions. We have The List Goes On, which is our list in your boy post show. Every week I do a QA show where I answer questions from our subscribers. Uh, many of you say, well, why don't you cover this promotion, that promotion? Uh, the weekender podcast does just that. Steven Jensen covers just a plethora of companies. Every week, we have a new episode of Figure Hall or card Hall, where we take a look at action figures, uh, trading cards, and the like. Also, there's the coexisting with Robin Maggie after Dart show. This is in addition, to daily wrestling news, at least one exclusive news story every day, usually two or three uh, on most days. You get Raw and SmackDown plans and the like over there. But I wanted to give you guys sort of a taste of of what we do over there on the podcasting side because I know a lot of people say, well, why would I subscribe just for news? There's a lot more than news. We have podcasts at least seven a week, so you're getting on average a show per day. Uh, It's a lot of fun, and we're always looking to expand. And all that, just five bucks, five dollarinos. But let's go ahead and get to the stories. It was revealed today that Ric Flair is going to wrestle a, a match at Starcast. I'd heard about this the day that Ric Flair's training video with Jay Lethal had come out. 73 years old. We're told that he was actively planning to wrestle at least one more match. Uh, which was confirmed as being StarCast. And uh, that was the case even before the video hit social media. But there have also been several overtures towards Flair to get him to work other matches from hungry promoters around the, uh, around the states. I'm told that right now it's not planned to be a singles match. So if you're concerned about that, you, I mean, maybe, maybe that eases your concerns a little bit. But I would imagine that plenty of people are just concerned for the general health uh, situation there. He had that famous retirement match in 2008, but his last match was actually September 2011 against Sting. Completely separate of that, MJF was the big news of the week. I had reported on FightfulSelect.com that things had not really improved between MJF and AEW. Although, I, I want to reiterate, that story that Dave Meltzer reported uh, shortly after I-, I reported about the blow-up, the argument, it was accurate. Things had gotten better for a while, so that wasn't, that wasn't incorrect or anything. It's just it seems like that sort of bitterness has built up with MJF. Now, uh, I don't know the exact number, but I know that MJF is making significantly less than uh, a lot of WWE guys are making and probably less than a lot of the people that came into uh, AEW since he signed that deal. Uh, In April, we had reported that Tony and MJF had a heated discussion that left both frustrated for different reasons. MJF's was related to his money, Tony's was related to MJF doing that interview with Ariel Hawani without informing AWPR prior. In fact, I've heard that, I mean, I can tell you in my experience in talking about this, Tony's been very calm about it, uh, very lately not seeming frustrated, probably seemingly understands where MJF is coming from, having outperformed his contract. Uh, however, AEW, nor Tony, will comment on the record or in an official manner or anything like that. Anytime I ask AEW about stuff like that in an official capacity, I'm told that they do not discuss contract matters uh, with with anybody, much less the media. But the two talked out their issues the following week, and we're told that that sentiment didn't necessarily last with MJF, and that his feeling about possibly leaving AEW to go to WWE... Uh, when his contract are up, are not in character. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, you're getting work, this is a work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Known this guy for five years, this ain't a work. Um, I get very little detail regarding the situation, but I mean, he's not going to work the people that are getting the information on this story and relaying it. It's just not going to happen. Uh, many don't believe that MJF and Tony Khan are as close as they were prior to that that reported discussion, which was confirmed, uh, there have been open-ended mentions about him gaining an extension. Now, I wanted to clarify something, and something that will clarify as well, Will Washington. MJF was not angling for more money without an extension because I was straight-up told by people close to him, that's not how contracts work, he's not stupid, that's not the way that that, that goes. Uh, but he is said to be leaning, leaning towards leaving AEW when his deal's up. Now as with anything, anything can change. Anything can happen. And there's 2 years remaining on his contract and 2024 is going to be the craziest wrestling year yet. I'll I'll put together a piece about that uh for fightfulselect.com pretty shortly. Have not been told 100% he's leaving the company, but I feel as if this is I feel like it was important enough to report that a top star in AEW was not satisfied with their position there and I mean, I would report the same thing for WWE, Impact, and the like, and we have. But uh, in the follow-up, we had not heard of any outright negotiations between the two sides yet. We haven't heard of a specific contract being offered to him or MJF angling for anything in particular. In fact, I had heard that MJF was sort of blowing off the discussions. Like, like it was being... I don't. I don't know who made the overtures. I don't know if it was Tony or... Christopher Daniels or somebody else, but I had heard that they had mentioned, oh, we'll sit down and talk, and it was just a, yeah, 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 sure, maybe type of thing. I, now, that is not verbatim, and I don't want anybody to, to take that as verbatim, but that's what, that's what I've heard. Now, uh, there had been no indication of formal talks actually happening to this point, only that MJF continued to be frustrated after that initial conversation, and he does not, MJF doesn't seem to speak about this interpersonally backstage. Uh, Tony Khan plays a lot of stuff like that close to the vest. However, one talent outright told me that Tony Khan claimed to them that he would obviously be willing to pay MJF comparable to other top stars. Now, that to me is pretty promising. It's not like Tony Khan's not willing to pony up the dough or anything like that. It's just he's got him under a deal for this certain set set period, and that's what he had expected to be paid, and those were the terms that they came to an agreement on. However, I I can tell you personally, that's not always the deal that ends up happening. Uh, There are plenty of sports deals. There are plenty of deals just in general that people outperform. And they they end up coming to a different agreement. To clear up misconceptions, Cody Rhodes is not a part of this. Uh, He has not reached out to MJF. They have not spoken to each other, from what I understand, since Cody Rhodes left. Although he did reach out to MJF's family or something about the Long Island show, I believe. But I think, I think MJF told that story on Brandon Walker's podcast. But there's plenty of differing opinions within the company on the situation. There were some that we had spoke to that believe that MJF outperformed his contract. And then there's others that believe it sets a bad precedent for the company to rework a deal. However, there have been numerous deals that have been reworked, like several. However, uh, several of those deals also had time added to them. But again, uh, I was straight up told that MJF is not angling for more money, same terms, as if uh, that's how contracts work. Speaking of AEW, I had a lot of people asking about Kayla Rossi, who had seconded uh, Joey Janela for quite some time. Uh, Joey finished up with AEW in May, or at the start of May, and Kayla Rossi was nowhere to be found long prior to that. Uh, She had appeared alongside him, but was no longer used on TV, uh, he wasn't used on TV, and we're told that Rossi had never signed a full-time contract with AEW, which isn't a surprise, as she never got an all-elite graphic that came with that. However, uh, sources that indicated that she had been offered sort of a trainee contract, and she passed on it, which led to the two sides uh, parting ways. I had not heard of any bad blood or anything even remotely resembling that, uh, and those that we've spoken to have said that she's considered taking indie dates. Somebody that doesn't seem to be taking indie dates is the former Cesaro, Claudio Casagnoli. He left WWE a few months ago with no non-compete applied to his deal. Since then, we haven't seen him pop up for any wrestling companies, not for signings, not for anything, but that's not for lack of interest. I've been told by several promoters that they've made efforts to reach out to him and book him for both wrestling appearances and signings, but he's not yet accepted. uh, Specifically, his agent. We're told that his agent, who also represents the former Ember Moon and Mia Yim, uh, has a pretty high asking price if he'll even listen. And they say that Cesaro was priced out of some potential bookings, and they'd not be able to land him until that comes back to Earth. I don't know uh, the number specifically, but uh, he has been rep by an agent that manages those other talent who have taken significantly less dates than what you would expect. Uh, We're told that some wrestlers had been intentionally utilizing a high asking price and agents because they're content staying home until the right deal or offer comes along after being on the road for so long. I haven't heard that specifically being the case with Claudio, but he's had a decade of WWE money, so I'm pretty sure he's been smart with it. Uh, One promoter hoped to book Claudio for a signing in July that seemed to believe they'd be able to land the deal and had been in regular contact with the wrestler. Uh, Those we spoke to in WWE said that they wanted to retain Cesaro, but the two sides couldn't come to terms and over the last 16 months he had shown that he had known his value and was not going to get into an unfavorable position. Uh, One source had indicated that Cesaro or his team was very savvy speaking with WDB in both 2021 and 2022 to the point to where Cesaro was scheduled for, like, a top contenders match or something in 2021, and they didn't do it because his deal was coming up or it was up or something of that sort. So, yeah, we've got a little bit more on why Cesaro hasn't been out and about He also can't get those sweet WWE TV haircuts. But now a lot of people can't. We gained access to a list that was sent to WWE talent this weekend of male talent approved to get haircuts at uh, WWE television. So I want to make this clear. This does not mean these people are not allowed to get haircuts. It just means they have to take care of their grooming before coming to TV. They need need to get it done themselves. On Raw, it was... AJ Styles, Bobby Lashley, Cody Rhodes, Damian Priest, Dolph Ziggler, Edge, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Miz, Randy Orton, Riddle, and Seth Rollins. On SmackDown, Drew McIntyre, Happy Corbin, The Usos, Kofi Kingston, Madcap Moss, Paul Heyman, Ricochet, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Sheamus, and Xavier Woods. Not sure what brought upon the list. I would imagine there's probably a pretty long line of people that try to get their hair cut at TV and. Had something to do with that, sure. Omos and Apollo Crews are just gutted by this news, but it was that came from several WWE wrestlers that thought that it was kind of funny, just like tongue in cheek, and it got outside of WWE even before that. Well, Arya Davari is in WWE. He served as a tryout producer over the last month, as did uh, Curtis Axel, but Arya Davari popped up on internal documents as producing a match by himself, the Akira Tozawa-Apollo Crew's main event match. Uh, he was back working underneath somebody else on Friday. Uh, that's just how it was listed. Uh, Curtis Axel was not listed on Raw, but was at the SmackDown tapings. And speaking of main event, there was a, ma- a match that got nixed. Uh, R-Truth versus Otis was planned for main event, which was a little unusual anyway, because they usually only taped two matches. This time it was three, and it just got nixed. I was told there was no other reason other than the company opting to remain with those standard number of matches. A couple of details. Hell in a Selfie was the working name for the (laughs) Raw show this past week. Lashley versus Omos was supposed to be the dark match, but it didn't end up happening that way. It was Lashley versus Baron Corbin. So that's an interesting little change. Maybe Omos was just livid. He couldn't get his hair cut. Up, up, down, down is back. Many of its familiar faces will not be. Adam Cole left for AEW. me signed with Impact. Cesaro left WWE. Jessamyn Duke will not be involved, at least as of now. Uh, I'm not sure if Xavier Woods was able to get a new deal for the channel. We've heard of some limitations WWE wanted in regards to his G4 deal and who could appear on screen with him. And it seems like that's basically limited to competing companies' wrestlers. Uh, however, there's going to be a whole lot of people that were involved with Up, Up, Down, Down that will not be a part of this relaunched uh, one. I have heard some rumblings that maybe Tyler Breeze would continue to do some work there or in relation with WWE, he had signed some sort of agreement before, or I don't want to say signed, I don't know if he put pen to paper, but there was some sort of agreement there that he would continue to do some work for them. Against All Odds, FIFA Select broke the news that Impact Wrestling is returning to Atlanta for the first time since before the pandemic. They will run July 1st and 2nd for their all or Against All Odds special as well as television tapings. Uh, this will be the first time Against All Odds has ran back-to-back years since 2020, or 2011 and 2012 is when it was. Uh, it has appeared as a one-night-only and Impact Plus special in 2019 and 2021, respectively. But outside of those 2020 tapings, Impact has been to Atlanta itself very little, but toured the Georgia area. But I've not learned of the venue uh, for the event. Got some news from the world of MLW, some very interesting. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. News. We asked him about Enzo More and Kurt Bauer, him. I, I referred to MLW as just him, but it's Court Bauer who runs the company. I asked about Enzo Amore, and he said that Enzo's over with his locker room. His production team has been great to deal with, meshes well with their team. They have contingency plans uh, in order in case the long-term booking that they have planned out can't unfold because of any circumstances. Like, I, I don't know, L.A. Park cracking somebody with a chair or something. But he says that they have retained about 90% of their renewal attempts and pointed to Mads Kruger, Richard Holiday, Jacob Fatu, Hammerstone, and Alicia Atu, which are very big people to hold on to. And he admitted that a lot of their old MLW contracts were like Swiss cheese. You could drive a bus through them. Not easy. That's why you saw so many people just walk away from the company. But now they're expanding. They crowned their first MLW featherweight champion. Uh, this past weekend, we were able to give you the first look at those title belts on uh, fightfulselect.com dot com. And he says that they could eventually do a middleweight division as well and eventually do an all women's show, like not just event TV show. He put over Dave Prazak for overseeing that women's division, says that he's a visionary in women's wrestling. And he'd like to get Kathy Carino, also known as Allison Danger, involved, but hasn't had any conversations with her as of yet. That new belt looks good. It's got the MLW logo. It's got the Goddess of War uh, and some, some cool side plates on it. MLW's got really good-looking title belts. But kind of back to their deal and re-signing people. Uh, court indicated that they did not take cuts of the talents indie booking so they can use MLW as a platform and also make money on the side, and they're not cutting into that at all and not dealing with the travel or anything like that. Eddie Kingston, we spoke to him ahead of his uh, Capital Collision match with Tomohiro Ishii and said that despite growing up an All-Japan fan, he respected New Japan immensely, especially Hashimoto, Masahiro Chono, Great Muda. He, uh, he hasn't been to Japan since 2011, but some of his goals include working the G1 Climax and facing Hiroshi Tanahashi. However, uh, facing off with Ishii is one, uh, a big one for him to accomplish as well. Uh, his Forbidden Door dream opponent is actually Akiyama, who's working for DDT, and also he hates the Forbidden Door name. I loved his response when I was like, hey, so about that kid you ran over in TNA, he said, I wasn't there and I don't know anything. <laughs> I asked him if he, if he preferred Backstreet Boys or Sync. he prefers 98 Degrees. I asked him uh, who he would most like to eat salad with and who would eat the more disgusting salad, Cesaro or CM Punk. And he said, well, I'd stab them both with a fork anyway. So that led me to ask, what is the most unique weapon that you've ever seen? He said that when he was younger, one of his friends corked a wiffle ball bat with rocks and put nails in it. Hot damn. He talked about the AEW debut and said he went in without any expectations and had sold his gear a couple days before that. The person who bought it returned it and said they only did it to support him later on. And all he wanted was a, a good showing, was happy that Cody was game to have that kind of match that highlighted both of them. He was just happy for a payday. Uh, didn't think it'd believe or lead to anything else. But he doesn't hang his hat on crowd reactions, but said that John Moxley predicted that at Double or Nothing 2021 they would get an insane reaction. And he hated that Moxley was right because he was such a babyface. Which begs us to ask, what's a baby face? We spoke to AJ Francis, the former top dollar, who told us a very interesting story about how he found out he was getting called up to SmackDown. He went up to Johnny Ace uh, and asked why he hadn't been called up for a dark match. Johnny Ace appreciated that, booked him for an appearance in October. Two days before that scheduled dark match... All of Hit Row was booked for travel, and he assumed they were being called up. However, he didn't know of it until a Fox exec approached him and accidentally told him he was being called up and drafted. And <laughs> the execs said the writing team would be getting with them soon and told them to kayfabe it when, they realized, when he realized they didn't know. I'm just surprised that like Fox, Fox execs know what kayfabe it means. But they had no idea they were getting drafted or that they'd be third-round picks before that. Uh, AJ says that he only spoke to Vince McMahon three times, but that he was pleasant all times. And I asked him about that Fightful Select report a couple years ago that he was pitched to be the Raw Underground host. Uh, He confirmed that to us. He said that he got a call from Edge, who had been helping out with the WWE creative process during an injury, asked for some promos. He had been in a meeting with Vince McMahon regarding uh, who was going to be hosting Raw Underground. Edge himself thought that Top Dollar would fit the bill. However, due to the fact that Francis was already on the road doing Most Wanted Treasures, they didn't want to take him away from that, so that ended up not happening. Shane McMahon ended up doing that, but uh, they also had B-Fab help out before she was B-Fab, obviously. Injury updates. We do this at the end of each show. Shelton Benjamin announced an undisclosed injury on May 14th. Uh, Charlotte Flair has that fractured radius from May 8th. However, that is a storyline injury. Mad Cat Moss is a cervical contusion. That was also a storyline injury. We've learned that Odyssey Jones' injury that he was supposed to be back from a lot sooner was a sprained knee, which is uh, very unfortunate. Hikaru Shida says that she's healthy, but uh, she was not cleared by an AEW doctor to come back uh, until... She saw that physician and was not able to make the trip over to the States for the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. So she is out of action right now, at least in the AEW. But she was working one hour, 40 minute matches. Sue Young's on maternity leave but uh, gave birth to her child. Congratulations to Sue Young and Rich Swan. Kota Ibushi dislocated his shoulder in October 2021. Uh, however, They tried to rush him back by January. He was going to be ready by New Japan Cup. Uh, However, he has still not returned to the ring as of yet. Leo Rush had sustained a shoulder injury in January. He uh, popped back up on New Japan programming this past weekend. Good to see him back as well. I want to thank all of you for, for joining the show this week. If you're listening free on our podcast platforms, Uh, Go ahead, give us a subscribe at FightfulSelect.com. We are always expanding, always doing more stuff. I'm going to have a couple more previews for you guys over the next month or so to see what entices you guys over. But FightfulSelect.com, we're out.